0: And welcome back to another edition of the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. My name is Shem Hanks. I will be your host today. Hope you all had a safe and happy new year last night. I know that I certainly did. I was listening to live music of the 50s, 60s, and 70s as I got ready to enter back into the 20s. Though there is an interesting argument to be made that we're not actually in a new decade that when you count to 10, you count 1 through 10, and we're already considering 2020 to be a part of the 20s. Where technically it's probably a part of the last decade because you don't count 0 to 9. However, as most things go, that that's neither here nor there, so... So week 17 was pretty exciting, huh? The Saints just absolutely rolled over the Carolina Panthers in a staggering way. I was disappointed to see Teddy Bridgewater not throw a touchdown to get his bonus. It was nice to see Alvin Kamara keep hitting pay dirt. He's definitely peaking at the right time of year. It was interesting to see all the playoff scenarios play out throughout the day, hoping that the Lions were going to beat the Packers, which they almost did, hoping that the Seahawks were going to beat the Niners, which they almost did. However, the cookie crumbled the wrong way, and the Saints will be playing on wildcard weekend. Fortunately, we are at the Superdome playing against a team that we are very familiar with in the playoffs in the Minnesota Vikings If you listen to most national sports talk shows, sports radio shows, they're going to be bringing up the Minneapolis Miracle over and over and over again this week. I just brought it up there. Now I don't really have to talk about it all that much. There will be a preview show more towards the end of the week to get us all ready for the Sunday Showdown. Looking around at the other wildcard teams, the Seahawks get to travel to the Eagles, the Bills are traveling to Houston, and the Patriots who lost to the Miami Dolphins are going to be hosting the Tennessee Titans. I think the world is going to be Tennessee Titan fans on Saturday. Taking a look at the early lines in these games, Houston's currently a three-point favorite, New England's a five-point favorite. The Seahawks are barely favored on the road against the Eagles at one-and-a-half-point favorites. And By far and away, the Saints are the largest favorite at seven-and-a-half early in the week. It's looking like Dalvin Cook's going to be ready to go in that game. Looks like Kirk Cousins is going to have all of his weapons. Should be another good one in the Superdome. I know the Saints are currently one of the most favored or one of the most highly bet-on teams to win the entire thing. They are clearly one of the best teams, if not the best team, heading into the playoffs, with maybe only Baltimore, maybe the Niners being just as hot as New Orleans is right now. Let's take a second and look back on last week, where I was here talking about Antonio Brown. I thought that the thing that could really push this team over the top is somehow if brown could play i talked about all the issues with the league and how that probably wouldn't be a possibility but it would push their hand and maybe new orleans maybe sean payton brought him in after getting a tip from somebody where they knew that something was going to happen well the saints didn't sign antonio brown And Antonio Brown, who can't get out of his own way, went on social media, released a video calling it a publicity stunt, which is a great way to discourage any future teams from signing you. The more that you go after and alienate some of the more respected franchises in the NFL is not the best way to get employment. Burning down bridges with Pittsburgh, going after ownership in New England, and now going after new orleans i'm not putting oakland as one of the top tier franchises you blow out of oakland like that that's to be expected that happens to everyone all the time but not a good look for antonio brown i still am convinced that somebody is going to take a shot on him this offseason but for right now he's waiting on on next year so we got the team that we're gonna have hosting minnesota Should be a doozy. Now, around the rest of the NFL, it was what's called as Black Monday, where a lot of the head coaches in the NFL have to, well, get fired. They they lose their jobs. Washington and Carolina had already fired their coaches, and the Giants followed suit. I think the whole NFL world was waiting on Dallas to fire Jason Garrett, which has yet to happen. It might happen while we're recording right now, but doesn't look like it is going to be happening. Washington did name Ron Rivera officially their head coach. And Black Jack Del Rio is going to be the defensive coordinator. I do like that hiring of Jack Del Rio as the DC. I think that's really smart by them. Freddie Kitchens did not make it through Monday and the general manager of the Cleveland Browns is also going to leave. So the Browns are being the Browns. They can't get out of their own way. It's some sort of curse that has befallen Cleveland and that Browns team. It looked like they were so optimistic at the beginning of the year. Now, not so much. And shockingly, the Chicago Bears have publicly committed to Mitchell Trubisky as the starter in 2020, which... I am surprised by that I figured that that team was going to bring in somebody which they might still bring in somebody maybe Cam maybe a Marcus Mariota even a Jameis Winston it's fortunate that the Saints have things to be playing for but we just came to the end of a season 17 weeks we're gonna be six months away from the next regular season So I think it's good to take a moment, take a deep breath, even through this playoff frenzy, and give out some awards. We're going to give out some NFL awards as well as some Saints awards. All right, I've been giving you my top five MVP candidates. Now it's over. There's no way for the cookie to crumble anymore. These are my definitive top five. You all know the rules where if you did not make the playoffs, you do not get to be top five for MVP. You can be Offensive Player of the Year if you did not make the playoffs. Same with Defensive Player of the Year. Same with Rookies of the Year for Offense and Defense. So that leaves out people like McCaffrey, even Prescott. Even I've, I've seen arguments for a person even like Jameis Winston, where he had 30 and 30, 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, but 5,000 yards is pretty impressive. Anytime a person puts up 5K, that that's pretty, pretty standout, but we're not talking about them with MVP, so here are my top five. At number five, we've got Deshaun Watson. At number 4, I've got Russell Wilson who he has really fallen off the the pace that he was setting for himself at the beginning of the year. And that Seahawks team is in a way stumbling into the playoffs. Not looking good. That Eagles game might be an upset. That Eagles team knows how to win games. And remember Carson Wentz was the front-runner MVP candidate before he tore his ACL. So Carson Wentz in one game at home. I'm not sure about this Seahawks team. At number three, I've got Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes missed a couple of games. Without that, he might be the closest to Lamar Jackson, but it really made the rest of the league have a chance to participate in the MVP discussion and have one person run away with it. At number two, I've got Michael Thomas. Incredible year for... A wide receiver set the all-time reception record. He is the history book now. 149 receptions, 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns. Michael Thomas has been the best player on one of the best teams in the NFL. This is the type of season where, in the next decade, we will be talking about when Michael Thomas is about to be enshrined in Canton, Ohio. And at number one, Lamar Jackson. He didn't play last week, didn't really matter. He was going to be the guy. All right, and so for Offensive Player of the Year, I know Michael Thomas is certainly a front runner for it, but he is my number two for Offensive Player of the Year, behind only Christian McCaffrey, who's also having an unreal year. Can you believe this? A guy ran for 1,387 yards while also getting 15 rushing touchdowns, and oh yeah, having 116 receiving yards as a running back, and then, you know, as a running back, you're catching the ball one, two, three yards down the field, sometimes behind the line of scrimmage, and he converted those 116 receiving yards into over 1,000 yards receiving and adding on another four touchdowns to bring his total to 19 touchdowns on two fumbles. This is a a once-in-a-generation style year for any player that has ever played. Christian McCaffrey might be the best football player in the NFL, playing on a terrible team, putting together those 116 receiving yards and those rushing yards with Cam Newton going down, and not looking great when Cam Newton was out there, and then going to Kyle Allen, who looked good, and then looked awful, and then he had to play with Will Greer, who is making Nathan Peterman look good, and then the team had to go back to Kyle Allen in Week 17. It'd be incredible what Christian McCaffrey could do with a real quarterback playing. And my guess is that they're going to bring Cam Newton back. Hopefully he is healthy. We'll see how that shoulder recovers. And if the Panthers draft somebody, there's some really good quarterbacks in this particular draft. And we'll get into that later. But yes, I do. I have Christian McCaffrey ranked higher than Michael Thomas on Offensive Player of the Year. I expect that everyone will be burning me an effigy. Offensive Rook Player of the Year. Unfortunately, Josh Jacobs got hurt going down the stretch, so he fell out of my top three. At number three, I've got Gardner Minshew. Minshew Mania, the mustache. He should be given ample opportunity this offseason to earn the job once again. I expect it'll be him and Nick Foles in off offseason, preseason competition at number two AJ Brown who's really come on nicely at the end of the year had over a thousand yards on only 52 receptions and nine total touchdowns but at number one I still have Kyler Murray the number one overall pick in the NFL draft this last year put up 3,700 yards 20 touchdowns to 12 interceptions and then also carried the ball for 544 yards and four more touchdowns. Kyler Murray gets my vote as Offensive Rookie of the Year. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball with the Miami Dolphins drumming of the Patriots and Devontae Parker going ham against Stephon Gilmore. Let me repeat that. Devonte Parker with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing him the ball, went after a person who a lot of people had as their Defensive Player of the Year. I think that game put that to bed. And here are my top five guys. At number five, I have Darius Leonard. I have said it before that I think in his career, Darius Leonard is going to win multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. However, I don't think it'll be this year. At number four, I've got Chandler Jones. He had some injury problems in week 17. Fortunately, it dropped him behind the rest of the pack in terms of Defense Player of the Year. He was my number one guy last week. At number three, I've got Blake Martinez, an improved Green Bay defense and their defensive leader. At number two, I've got Bobby Wagner. Man, that Seahawk defense is not very good. It would look terrible without Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is the best linebacker in football. The best middle linebacker in football, let me say. Because at number one, the guy who was number five for me last week has vaulted up to number one. The NFL sack leader, the undrafted guy who was a backup behind Vaughn Miller, who took a chance on himself, signed a one-year deal. He is about to make a lot of money who put up a three sack performance against Atlanta to bring his season total to 20 to zero for Shaq Barrett for six fumbles and also had an interception. Shaq Barrett should be the defensive player of the year. He is my defensive player of the year. Good job Shaq Barrett and for defensive rookie of the year. Everyone just thinks that Nick Bosa ran away with it with nine sacks, one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, an interception. Great year. I absolutely grant him that. He's my number three guy. I'm surprised that people think that it's such a runaway because of two other players, the two Devins. At number two, I have Devin White out of Tampa Bay. 91 tackles, three sacks, three forced fumbles four fumble recoveries, an interception, and two touchdowns. And at number one, I have Devin Bush, who as a rookie for that Steelers defense, which that Steelers defense was the only reason why the Steelers were almost in the playoffs, Devin Bush with 109 tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, four fumble recoveries, two interceptions, and a touchdown. If I was given the right to vote on this particular award, I would give Defensive Rookie of the Year to Devin Bush, who became a leader for that Steelers defense. But I want to give out some Saints awards. Let's look at the offensive side for a second, where my top four for the best players on offense at number four, I'm going to give it to Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who, without him... Stepping up the way that he did, playing the way that that he did, this team would be in a way worse position record-wise. Probably still would have won the division, but way worse position thanks to Bridgewater. Number three, Drew Brees set the record this year, has been consistent, can't push the ball down the field like he used to. He has some limitations with the weapons around him. But he knows where his bread is buttered. He sends it over to Michael Thomas. He knows how to get the ball to Jared Cook. And with Alvin Kamara starting to get back up to speed, Drew Brees looking great. Number two, I've got Ryan Ramchak. Best player on that offensive line. One of the best right tackles in football, if not the best right tackle in football. Wildly underappreciated on a national scale. Has been the leader on that offensive line. This year. At number one, obviously, it's Michael Thomas. Clearly, it's Michael Thomas. He's one of the best players in the entire NFL. He is by far and away the best wide receiver in the NFL, and he's still young. So, we are going to be appreciating this guy for years to come. On defense, at number five, I've got Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams with a nice little year for himself through. Injuries in that secondary has been great as the roaming free safety. Looks like he put the Minneapolis Miracle behind him. See, I mentioned it again. And hopefully he will pick off Kirk Cousins a couple of times on Sunday. Number four, Mr. AJ Klein. Battling through some injuries, missed that 49ers game, and that really hurt because the Niners just put on an offensive show. Having him back is is massive. 69 tackles. Three sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, an interception, and a touchdown. Number three, I've got Von Bell. Von Bell would probably have a chance to be number one on this list if he did not miss the last three games. 89 tackles, though. A couple of sacks, a couple of forced fumbles, wild five fumble recoveries, an interception, touchdown for him as well. Number two, I've got DeMario Davis. 111 total tackles. Four sacks and an interception. Incredible year for DeMario Davis. But at number one, the defensive leader, the guy that everyone game plans for on the other side, the person who needs to get after Kirk Cousins this weekend. I did see that in 2018, the Saints had four sacks come from Marcus Davenport and Sheldon Rankins, both of whom aren't going to be playing. So someone's got to get after Kirk Cousins, and this is going to be the guy. Cameron Jordan, 52 total tackles, but 16, 16 sacks, though. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And there you have it. It's been a fun regular season. I've enjoyed it. Got to go out and cover four different NFL games live and in person. Got to talk to you all a couple times a week. So that's been pretty great. Let's enjoy the playoffs. Let's enjoy this game on Sunday. Let's enjoy the Saturday games. I'm going to be playing in a cornhole tournament while the games are going on on Saturday, but I'll certainly be watching. There's a couple of TVs in the room where the tournament is going on. All right, and so I will be back with you at the end of this week to go over the all-important injury report leading into this massive playoff game. So with that, who dat, enjoy the new year. Talk with y'all later. Bye.